Great morning, everybody. Great morning. Caleb, what's up? Morning, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You sound you sound a little low today. You you stinking after that that tattoo or what? Uh, it's it's just early, man. It's just it's just early. We we up we're up and at them today. Why you always gotta remind me about that, bro? I don't know. You're you're all you you get up. I don't think you sleep. So, well, I, I didn't sleep yesterday. Yeah, I heard it's on. <laughs> man, which is hard, man. Which that type? He's gotta let you know. Hey, just so y'all know, I didn't sleep. Oh no, that was so. the wife, bro. I didn't say nothing. I'm usually low key. Okay. Okay. I, I'm usually low key. You know, I don't. How's the energy you holding up? How do I sound? Sound great. All right. That's your answer then, bro. <laughs> I got to stop asking stupid questions. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? How's, how's everything? Everything's good, man. Grinding down in uh, Minneapolis Twin Cities area. Um, got some snow. A little fun surprise, but I'll be gone in a day. Um, just keep continuing to pursue opportunities. So are you, are you like team uh, no shovel? No, we're there's not we're not shoveling. <laughs> it's gonna be gone in two days. I, lo- I see people shoveling. I'm like, why? I love it. I love it. I'm usually anti no shoveling. Also, doesn't make sense to me until the wife jumps all over me. Um, hey, yo, this is a PG podcast, Coop. <laughs> you know what I meant, dude? Chill. All right, I'm just saying, man. Like tell them little kids to listen to this, and that's what we're hearing. Like when she like tells me, "Hey, Coop, you need to go shovel now." All right, that's what I mean. But All right. thank God for the snowblower, though. So, it's absolutely. Um, you got any trips coming up or what? Um, my wife is going to. Cali this weekend. I got out of that one. And then uh, she wants to do something in June. We'll see. What about you? Oh, we got something planned for the uh, for Easter weekend. Just a little getaway with the kids. That's good. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. I needed I need to get away for a little bit because uh, once it's go time, your boy's gonna be unlocked. It's gonna be unlocked. I like to hear. But uh, I don't know if our I don't know if our group's ready for our guest today. Why? I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> I'm always ready. We will bring him in next. All right, good morning, everyone, on today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb. Cooper, go ahead and bring in our next guest. Hey, guys, on our episode today, um, I have the star or former star of A&E Flipping Boston, and he's currently a private equity fund manager. So you can say he, he does a little dabbling in some real estate. Just a little bit. Nothing just too heavy. <laughs> Nothing that hurts your back. You know what I mean, Coop? We just, we just yep. styling and profiling. 
Yep, yep. David Seymour, everybody. Yeah. What, what, hold on one second. What do you mean, like, star or past star? I'm always a star. Just ask my wife. She thinks I'm a rock star <laughs> until I walk through the door. Then I'm just like, take out the trash or snow blow the driveway or deal with your kids that are driving me crazy. You know what I mean? Other than that, I'm a star. 24-7. You know, family family always has that way of bringing you back down, you know? Oh, for sure. I remember when the kids were little, man. I'd be flying all around the world and I'd have a TV camera in my face 24-7. I'd be thinking I was all that in a bag of chips. I'd come through the door and she'd be like, hey, superstar, that kid's got a dirty diaper. Change it. I'd be like, okay, baby. I love you, honey. I'm home. Right? Keep me grounded. The yin Keep and yang. me grounded, man. That's what that was That's all about awesome. for sure. What's well, up, fellas? Love it. Hey, Dave, love, thanks for being on today. Um, can you just tell our audience a little bit more, you know, about who you are, what you do, and, and why you do what you do? Yeah, man. For, for, those, for those that, uh, like, pretend you're telling your wife, you know, the non-superstars out yeah, there. Yeah, right? the non-superstars out there. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, it's funny. I was going to say I'm really not that special. But guess what? I am. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a cool deal. Uh, but you know, I, I I earned it. Long story short, I um, I'm an immigrant to the states. I came over from England back in 1986. Uh, I was following my first wife from London. I was in school over there and not doing very well, to be honest with you. I wasn't wasn't kicking butt and taking names in the collegiate department. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was I was dating this girl. I was, I was uh, managing a, a bar and restaurant in uh, Greenwich in London by the Cuddy Sark. Anyway, it's, you know, I'm young, uh, kind of hungry, and um, you know, I, I you know, I just I, I'm just a regular dude, man. I mean, I showed up. I, I worked really hard. I'm a blue collar background. My father was a working class guy, and is living with his back in his hands and. You know, he said, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, work hard, be a man among men or work among workers, you know, do your solid eight hours and, uh, you know, don't ask too many questions. <laughs> like, you know, that was that was my fatherly advice. And that's not that's not bad advice, guys. You know, I mean, it's it's foundationally solid. You know, it's built in some in some a little bit of faith, a little bit of, you know, just doing the right things, taking care of the the guy or the girl to the left or the right of you and, and show up. But, you know, that didn't come with any financial education. And for me, I, you know, I suffered badly because I was a financial illiterate, especially in the States, man. What's great about America, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Now, are you listening? Lean in a little bit. In the United States of America, you can spend more money than you earn. <gasps> say that ain't so joe yeah it is yeah man and you can get yourself into some real serious doo-doo keep on spending money you don't have and you know i learned the hard way and um i found myself in like 2006 and 7 um in a pretty pretty sad space man i uh i was losing my, my primary residence i'd uh, refinanced it three times I was working. I was working for the city of Lynn, Massachusetts. I was a firefighter and a paramedic. It was all supposed to be good, man. Like I got the good government job, and you know, I'm I'm now married. I, I got a son. Uh, you know, I I own a house. 
I got a car. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be living the American dream. Mm -hmm. But I needed to work 120 hours every week between three jobs just to keep it keep it in motion, bro. And it was hard. It was hard. And and you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a, a like I'm not a religious guy, but I'm definitely a man of faith. And um, you know, I just believe that there's something bigger and better than me that's out there and I kinda like pay homage to it in my own special way and I was losing my house. I was I was hurting. And I remember sitting in my, my F-150 pickup truck and I'm screaming and shouting and crying. I'm like, man, I did it all by the numbers. I, I did what I was supposed to do. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. You know, I don't rob from anyone. I don't hurt anyone. And this whole thing's going to, going to hell in a handbasket. What, what's up? And uh, a commercial came on the radio, guys. Teach me foreclosure. Free, free one and a half hour seminar coming to your neck of the woods. And that was it, man. That's how I started in real estate, bro. I started as a student in a seminar. And um, I tell you, it was amazing. The guy that was teaching that class, I don't know if you guys resonate with this or not. I don't, you know, I don't know your backgrounds. We know each other a little bit from our interactions with each other through social media and the platforms we've been playing on. But you know, I, I I started to hear things from these these guru guys, these these business type folks, and they started unwinding my fabric of understanding. What I mean by that was, is they said that, you know, if all you do is trade time for money, it's a loser's bet. They said that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. They said that. Um, there were things called OPM. You could do deals with other people's money, other people's time, OPT, other people's influences, OPI. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like drinking from the fire hose, man. I felt like, you know, one of, one of Jim Jones, uh, one of Jim Jones crew down there. You know, I'm like totally into this thing. I'm just absorbing it. And, um, you know, I invested in myself and, and so my real estate career began. So that's how I started. Um, why do I do it? Because I was trading, here's, here's the rubber dub dub, right? I was trading 120 hours of my life every day, every week, right? For somebody else's, for somebody else to give me money and tell me my value, whether it was six bucks an hour or 26 bucks an hour, whatever it was I was earning between the different jobs that I was doing. And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then the truth of the matter was all that time was taking me out of the house that I was trying to build a, a relationship and a family in. I don't know, fellas. I don't know how, like I've watched some of your stuff, Coop, online. You, you seem like the perfect papa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you're all, for real, bro. You he seem is. to be having great interactions with your lady, great interactions with, with the little ones. And it's like, that was all I wanted. I just wanted my kids to be proud of me. I wanted my father to be proud of me. I just wanted my, my wife to love me, right? When I came through the door, I wanted to see her smile, not be grouchy. And um, I couldn't do that uh, doing what I was doing. So for me, you know, it's not about personally cars, boats, and leather coats, and palm trees, and private jets, and all that BS. That's, that's not my, my thing. That's not my, my, you know, it's not my bad baby. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about being able to, like today, I just dropped, I don't know, 15 grand, because I said to the wife, honey, we're out of here. We're going to Florida for a week over April vacation. I don't care. I want to go find a house, find a place, find a swimming pool. We're out of here. We're going to Fort Myers. We'll meet with the rest of our team down there. And we'll just chill. 
I didn't have to ask anybody if I could take a vacation day. I didn't have to ask anybody's permission. I didn't have to worry about the expense of the trip. I just go because I can, because I want to, and I can spend time with my family. So whew, look at that, bro. I'm looking at the timer. That was like 10, 10 minutes totally talking <laughs> about me, my favorite subject. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you did great, though. You did great. Not bad. Though. Not bad for an amateur. I'm a new guy. You know what I mean? I'm new at this stuff, man. No, you did great. Coop, you go first. Man, that was man, that was awesome, Dave. Um Yeah, brother. Thank can you. you can you talk a little bit? So you heard you heard the the course or the commercial that came up. Yeah. Um yeah. can you talk a little bit, you know, your first deal that you did, um, and just yeah. how that shifted your whole your whole mind mind that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Look, man, I um I'm sitting there with that three-day class. And if you're, you're familiar with the format, you know, you get your free little introduction thing. Then you go to a three-day. And at the end of the three-day, they try and sell you bigger packages, right, training mm-hmm. and education. And I remember looking at my wife, who I, um, we were dating at the time, the labor and delivery nurse. I was a paramedic in training. We actually met in a, in a labor, and delivery, uh, <laughs> labor and delivery room. It's not where you go looking for a date, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> You know, I looked at Mary Beth and I said to her, what do you think? It was like $27,000 that we didn't have. And uh, she said, uh, what do you think? I said, babe, I can't trade any more time for money. we got to do something different. And she said to me, go get them killers. She said, I'm proud of you, baby. I love you. I support you in whatever you want to do. And I, I said to her, I said, I'm glad you said that because we've got to use your credit cards. Mine are all maxed out. You know what I mean? <laughs> she became my first private lender. And and here's what I did that day. And this is important for anybody who's trying to make a change, you know, in whatever their circumstances in life. I, I immediately looked at it like a $27,000 worth of accountability. Like now I was accountable. Like I couldn't, I couldn't deliver the same line of BS anymore. I couldn't say I'm going to do this or one day it'll be that. Like now I, I had some reality in my face. And to be honest with you guys, the education wasn't that good. Um, but I'm now accountable. I'm accountable to this woman who loves me and who's, who's supported me. So I just went at it with a vengeance. And I, I learned, I did everything that they told me to do, man. Everything. They said, network your ass off, you know, get to know other investors, run your numbers, know your market, knock on doors, kick in walls, do everything that you have to do to follow um, in our footsteps. And my first deal was a, was a wholesale transaction. Now you got to remember this was 2008 mm-hmm. in 2008, the market, you know, the market went, ah, I'm out of here. <laughs> right? if, you, if, you, if, right? if you told anybody, uh, if you told anybody you were a, a real estate investor in 2008, they thought you had some kind of terminal illness, like get away from me. Is that catching? You know what I mean? Right. It was, it was a death sentence, but, um, you know, the guys that that were coaching me and training me and inspiring me and the women, man, I mean, every every one of them um, had a philosophy of every day you get up, something great's going to happen, but you've got to put it in motion from the minute you wake up, right? And I'm like, okay, I can buy into that idea. I can buy into the idea of my network is my net worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I look to my left and my right every single day and I say to myself, Am I surrounded with the five right people today? And I had to make some hard decisions to, to separate from, you know, some of the people that weren't feeling my vibe, that weren't on my journey with me. And, um, you know, unfortunately, some of those were other guys in the firehouse and, 
you know, some of the guys that were working for me in construction, they just, you know, they weren't, they weren't feeling the energy. There's, you know, you put out a vibration. So I began to attract the right people, man. You know, other successful real estate investors up here in the Boston market. And I, I do this deal. It was a, an REO, right? Real estate owned, bank owned property. And back then the big, big thing was you can't wholesale bank owned properties. They won't let you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet I knew there were guys doing it and it was legal. I just had to figure out what they were doing. And I remember, I remember I learned the power of a, of a real estate uh, trust and we started using trust documents and what a trust document, whether it's a land trust or a real estate trust, family trust, it just puts um, a, a, like an entity structure between a buyer and a seller. So I was sticking myself right in the middle and I wholesaled a bank owned property using a trust. And I remember this like it was yesterday, man. I got a check in my hand. Now picture this. It's a cold, wet, rainy afternoon in Boston, Massachusetts, right? There is nothing beautiful about the skyline. It's gray, it's wet, it's gloomy, it's cold. <laughs> and I, I've gone into this attorney's office and her name was Lisa McGloin. And uh, the office wasn't that fancy. And she was like a, a character all in of herself. And I signed some papers. And there's a, a buyer over there and they signed some papers. And then everybody disappears. And she reaches into her desk and she passes me a check across the table. And the check was for $5,000. And I looked at this thing and I'm like, OMG, this is real, man. This is real. And I remember looking at the check and it had the attorney's name on there. So I knew it was real. And, and I, straight up, I step out onto this rainy sidewalk. I look to my left and I look to my right. And I'm, I'm waiting for 5-0. I'm waiting for the big, <laughs> right? The big sedans to pull up. And I'm like, this can't be freaking legal. I don't even own the house. How is this possible? I, I was praying back then, praying that the phone would ring in the firehouse so I could get an overtime and trade 14 hours of my life and maybe not even come home that night. Maybe get in between a, a couple of gangbangers on the street and, and not go home that day, right? 14 hours of my life for $200. Mm -hmm. I got a check in my hand for five grand. And once you feel that, once you experience that, there is nobody on this earth who can ever take that momentum away from you. Because once you do something, ain't nobody say you can't do it. You got no more excuses anymore. You're not too old or too young, fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, male, female, smart, dumb, nothing. There's no excuses, right? Now you own the moment. And, um, that just that just poured gasoline on my rear end, man. I was on fire. I was like making offers all over the place, and um, I've never lost that energy since that day. So that that was my first deal, wholesale deal. Rain, rainy day, rainy night in Georgia. <laughs> that's an amazing. That's an amazing yeah. story, Dave. Um, yeah, and, and you never forget your first one, like you said. No, man. Right? I mean, no, I'm, it's I'm like sure, your first kiss. It, you know, sure. it, you had plenty of big ones and plenty of little ones, but that's probably the one that you really remember. Um, oh yeah. And I love what you said about accountability too. You know, you finally yeah. just you put your back against the wall. My mm. my question mm. for you though is. 
you talked about growing up and, and not really having a financial education. And I sure. love all these little one-liners you're using. And I'm sure you've used, you've heard, you know, some people get, can't get out of their own way. Right. As you started mm-hmm. uh, getting more successful and making more money, how did you transition to, or from the guy who you know, I don't really understand money or know what I should be doing to probably becoming the savvy investor you are today. What was that transition like? It was interesting and it, it took a lot of courage to do that. And I can only, I can only relay my personal stories and feelings around it. I can't, I can't ever speak for anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm, I'm 30, what, 36 years old when I, when I really started the journey with, with sincerity. So that's, that's a lot of grown up years you know, um, playing the song by somebody else's tune, right? 401k retirement accounts mm-hmm. and all of the all of the crap that's just spoon fed to the middle Americans and, and nobody asked questions. So, you know, I had to fight my own internal dialogue, my own resistance around finances. Um, you know, I um, this is going to sound a little cuckoo lulu, but it's it's the truth, man. I, I read The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Mm. And it was a book and it was about the law of attraction and how it believed that, um, you know, what you think about, you bring about. It's the it's the internal vibration and manifestation of the things that you want in your life. And I'm serious, man. Like I get up every day with an expectation of a 20 percent return minimal on my money and a 20 percent to 100 percent return on my actions. Mm -hmm. And and I live that I breathe that I, 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 I manifest it. I send out that vibration. So. You know, I learned some hard lessons because I would like go to dinner. Like me and my wife would go to dinner with my with one of my old buddies from the fire department, Sully. You know, he worked his way up through the ranks. He was a captain. Now he's a district chief. You know, guys earning some good coin, maybe a hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy-five thousand a year. But I'd start sharing my stuff with people who weren't ready to receive it, and you know. I could make 175 grand on one one real estate transaction in the Boston market, and this guy's got to go, you know, manage a, a whole division of a fire department his whole year to get somewhere near it. And yeah, I could I can earn 175 grand and get a hundred thousand dollars in in real estate write off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I just I just began to play with a with a different rule book, and. Um, it's not easy to, to go through that much of a, of a, of a morph of a change, especially uh, for the internal dialogue. Especially later, you know, too, right? I mean, how did yeah. you, what did you have to retrain specifically? Um, I had to get real comfortable with getting into debt. We'll start there. Mm. Um, you know, if I, if I look at it today, if I look at a, you know, a financial, personal financial statement, you know, the debt side of my um, column, if you looked at the debt alone, you'd think to yourself, oh, my God, that guy's drowning. Mm. But then if you look at the income column in comparison to the debt column and net worth, you're like, how is that possible to have that much debt and be that wealthy? Well, guess what? The two go hand in hand because mm-hmm. entrepreneurs like us, you know, the real players in the marketplace, I love debt. I absolutely adore <laughs> using debt, other people's money, the bank's money, accredited investor capital, the people who invest with me. Like, I love that. You know why? Because I know the difference between appreciating and depreciating assets. I don't go out and buy BS and cars, boats and leather coats and Rolls Royces and private jets and all of that stupidity. 
I don't do that. I go out, I go buy another piece of real estate with debt. And my debt is at, you know, three and a half, four percent. And my, my income ratios are at 20 percent. Well, guess what? There is enough meat on that bone for everybody to sit down and feast very, very nicely. So wrapping my head around the debt conversation <clears throat> was very big. Um, I also had to learn how to not follow and, and get sucked into the shiny mm-hmm. stuff syndrome, you know? Oh, oh yeah. man, I was, I was so guilty of that in the beginning, dude. I was like, I'm a wholesaler. I'm a, I'm a retailer. I'm a, I'm a, you know, buy, fix and flip a single family. Uh, I'm going to do some lending and this and that and everything else. And it's like, Whoa, Nelly. And I wanted to do it all over the country in one week. And one of my mentors <laughs> said to me, Hey, numb nuts. Why don't you ju- why don't you just find like one or two zip codes first of all and start there? <laughs> and I'm like, but what what do you what do you mean? And who are you calling a numbnut? He's like, you are. Calm down. Go slow. Just take it steady, Eddie. You can make big moves, but make them with a big foundation. Don't be making them if you're just leaning out on the on a ledge. He said you're gonna get hurt. So, you know, a lot of those things around um you know, what, not wanting to, um, having to control the, the, the entrepreneurial vibe, man. Cause you know, we, we, we get excited. I mean, we get more excited than, than anybody else does. Cause we see, we see opportunity where everybody else sees crisis and failure. You know what I mean? And I, and I get, I get overly excited about what it is I got going on, but you know, that's, that's just a taste of, of, of the journey of reset and rethinking. And then, and then being comfortable to let, let people go who, who, don't, who don't understand. Like I gave up trying to convert everybody, man. Mm-hmm. I gave it up. You know, that's, it's just, that's just way too much work. Um, like, you know, I became a trainer and an educator after the TV show and during the time of the TV show. And I'd be on stages and I'd be presented with some heavy hitters, man. I shared a stage one time, an event with Tony Robbins and, I did a couple of gigs with Damon John from Shark Tank and I did a gig with Pitbull and, you know, I'm up there and there's thousands of people in the crowd and my heart wants to convert everybody to entrepreneurship, you know, get up and get up and rise out of your J-O-B. Come walk, come walk with us through the, through the valley of entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? It's like, I wanted to, I wanted to be the, 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 the energy and the flavor to save all of those those folks. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, the, the magic of entrepreneurship, the, the power of these relationships, these podcasts, I, I'm sitting in my little office at home. I can feel the energy through this app on this phone. I, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the power, you know what I mean? And it's like, there's, there's a smaller percentage of us who execute than there are that those that actually want it. An execution uh, takes overcoming the fear component and, and leaning into it. My good friend, Jack Canfield, chicken soup for the soul. Part of his education and training was, is you lean into these things, act as if, right? Just know that it's going to be okay, right? And if you feel massive resistance, like you're pushing a donkey up a hill, stop, step back, breathe, reassess, adjust, pivot, but never, ever, ever lateral. No, no lateral, no going backwards, he said to me one time, there's only two choices for entrepreneurs, progress or excuses. You decide which one you're in. And I'm like, I get it, buddy. I get it. So, you know, that's just a little flavor of the things that, uh, 
you know, I had to overcome and work around and commit to, to, to be able to be, you know, successful, keep on this journey. Man, that, that's great. That's <laughs> too much. <laughs> <laughs> Coop's got a very high up. metabolism, so, you know, don't worry. He'll get, he'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. What is it? Uh, hot, to, hot, to, hot dad or hot daddy body? Chisel dad Hunky, chunky. <laughs> Oh, very high Dude, metabolism. You, listen to this one, right? Buddy of mine back in England, he texted me at the beginning of COVID, and he said, I figured it out. I said, what's that? He said, there's three types of folks who have come out of this COVID crisis. I said, what is it? He said, you're either going to be a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm definitely in the chunk department. So I, I had to, you know, I had to, it's, it's like everything else, right? If you don't pay attention to it, then it doesn't it doesn't manifest the right way. So I wasn't paying attention to my health, and I'm like, okay, I need to flip that that entrepreneurial switch in my head. So I dropped some money on a on one of those uh, rowing machines. It's called Hydro, you know, and you can go rowing with these professional rowers on the screen and stuff. I dropped like 35, 40 pounds in four to six months, and it's like, you know, anything's possible when you make that commitment to it. So I'm not quite a you know a chiseled, you know. Um, hunk a chunk of burning <laughs> love like some folks I know. You know what I'm saying? I'm not chiseled. It's still only a one pack ab, but it's you know it's not a it's not a full round rotunda right when, now. You when know we had saying? the when we had the initial shutdown, because um, Coop's always in the gym, Dave. Yeah, and yeah. I got a lot Beautiful of phone calls man. from him. I got a lot of phone calls <laughs> from him just because I could tell he had extra time. He didn't yeah. know what to do with himself, but but uh, yeah. Coop, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure your face is getting red, man. Uh, you had a question. <laughs> uh, he's just enjoying the. Oh, he's loving it. He's he's loving it. I was gonna um, ask Dave, and you alluded to it a little bit, like in your journey, um, how, like how do you deal with fear? Mm. 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 What a great question! I'm glad you <laughs> asked me that, Coop, because I'm gonna answer it. So, look, here's my, here's my philosophy on fear, right? Fear, is, it's an acronym, and the acronym is false evidence appearing real. So if we really want to delve deep into it, you know, we got this mammillary brain in the back. It's our fight or flight. It was designed to keep us alive on the earth when there was dinosaurs and saber-toothed tires looking to chew our rear end, right? It's, uh, it's our, 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 you know, survival mechanism is what it is. Fear is good. Fear is not bad. Fear is good. It's there for a reason and a purpose. The challenge is, is as we've evolved in human beings, we still we still perceive fear everywhere, right? Um, fear of change, fear of losing what we have, fear of getting what we want, um, fear of uh, she won't like me, fear of I, I can't risk all of all of my money on that, or I can't risk this, or I can't risk that. Like risk aversion, um, risk and reward aversion is, uh, you know, it's just been it's just been like watered down like there's no there's no edge anymore and um what that does is it, it creates a um it creates a, a, a an acceptance of of like mediocrity right um and i i think what happens is, is people don't even realize they're living in it like people don't realize that it's it's okay to settle for less blended in with um, the pack what, yeah, right, right, that herd mentality. Mm, yeah. And, you know, it takes, look, man, I, I, I wouldn't be doing anybody a service if I said it was easy. 
You know, it, ta- it takes work, but the work, I promise you, and anybody who listens to us tonight, uh, I promise you the work is worth it. Uh, the results and the rewards of the effort that we put into to personal development are worth it. So how do you overcome fear? First of all, you never do it alone, man, ever. You know, if I take, if I use a, the fire department as a, as a, mm. you know, a, a, a formula for overcoming fear, how on earth do you go into a burning building when everybody is running out? Well, first of all, you train your ass off. You drill, you learn, you practice. You practice putting on a Scott pack and, and getting the right amount of, of, of air when you need it, a good seal on your mask. You learn how to go low. You learn how to read fire inside a structure. Uh, you learn how to know what, uh, what, what the guy to your left or the right is. You've got to trust the guy outside on the street on the pump that he's going to give you the water and the tip of the nozzle when you need it. Because if he doesn't, you can pretty much die, right? So it's the same to overcome the fear of business and change and everything else is to look to the left and the right and ask yourself with honesty, are these the people that I want to go to war with? Mm. Because it, it, like, look, life is a battle. It's not easy. Okay. It's not easy. Uh, the rewards are beautiful, but I cannot, you know, I cannot take down a 150 unit apartment complex in the Gulf Coast region of Florida while I'm up here in Boston. I can't do it on my own. How do I do that? I got the right team, you know, my operations team, my acquisitions team, my, my, my investment team, my, uh, right. It's the team around me gives me the confidence to move forward. So number one is the team, the repetition, the knowledge. Um, so that if I keep on repeating a behavior or a habit that moves me forward, that then becomes, then becomes my normal. And what used to scare me is no longer fearful anymore because it's part of my regular routine and habits. The next thing is always mentorship and guidance, brother. Always. There isn't one thing of any st- a great um, significance that has been um, achieved, created, anything without somebody else's guidance, help, and support to do it. If I want to learn how to buy large apartment complexes, I go and find out and I learn from a guy who's, who's had over 8,000 units in his portfolio. One of my mentors right now is a guy who's got $2.5 in assets under management. Tried to just raise a, a billion dollars in, in like four months recently to take down some crazy acquisitions that he had on his plate. Like, I cannot do this on my own. And, and importantly for me at the same time to, to eliminate and, and diminish fear is always put myself in a room with people who are smarter than I am. I never want to be the smartest person in a room because then I've got no, no way to level up, no way to grow, no, no way to go. So for me, fear of staying still drives me to overcome the fear of the future. I'll say that again. The fear of staying still drives me to overcome the fear of the future, right? You know, I, I, I'm too scared to do that. No, you're too scared to not do it, whatever it may be. So, you know, in summation, repetition, education, persistency, routine, mentorship and guidance. And then the big one is I don't care how much you learn. I don't care how smart you are. You got to do something. You do not have to know everything to do something. And that's that's where a lot of people never move, man. They sit there in, you know, paralysis analysis. And, you know, I do, I'll go to college and get another degree and mm-hmm. maybe that'll get me a 0.0% pay raise. You know, that's, that's just, that's just herd mentality, you know? So the action piece is always critical, massive passion, 
massive action is what gets you the massive results. So that's, that's how I approach fear. And if you ask me, am I fearful today? I will absolutely tell you I am. I am fearful. But here's the magic. You ready? Here's the, 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 the caveat, the, the creme de la creme piece of it for, for everything. My prayers start every day with, dear Lord, replace my fear with faith today. And then let me act upon that faith. And are my actions in line with my intentions? And if I can start my day with that being the vibration I send out, you better be careful because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill some dinosaurs and bring home some bacon and make some friends. And I'm going to rock and freaking roll today, you know, with that mentality and attitude going forward. So I don't know if that's helpful. I don't know if that makes sense, guys. But that's how I kind of have learned to address it over the years. This is usually where Cooper says, see you oh. next week. You know, great episode, everybody. I was, I was uh, ready to say it after the <laughs> intro. <laughs> Uh, Dave, that, guys was, are that, funny. that was great, man. Yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, great repeatable content. And I appreciate you, you know, pouring into us and pouring into anybody listening. Um, a couple of things that you've touched on today, you know, as far as, you know, actions over excuses and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, COVID hit in, you know, last March, right? And mm-hmm. everybody had at least, you know, a couple of days to sit and think, okay, what am I going to do, right? What, sure. what are your top three, you know, action items that you'd tell people, hey, you know, COVID is what it is, nothing we can do about it. You know, right. where did you find opportunity or where would you tell people to look for opportunity? Yeah, great. Look, man, I, again, I can only speak from experience, right? Um, when In January of 2020, um, I had just launched um, a hard money lending business. I, had, I was working off of a $50 million line of credit. Um, and, uh, I had seven loan originators. I'm ripping loans, mm. you know, kicking butt, taking names, That's 15 awesome. million in the pipe. Yeah, it was great. It looked so good. And then March happened and wall street, our takeout partners decided they were no longer interested in buying our non QM loans. Right. Mm-hmm. We were selling, we were selling the paperback to wall street guys. I'm out of business in three days because of COVID three days. Uh, 36, uh, 36, um, uh, 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 an 1800, uh, square foot, brand new, uh, office space, seven loan originators, infrastructure, you know, SAS to support the uh, business. Mm-hmm. I mean, about a 45, $50,000 investment in that business. I'm out of business in three days. So I, I like what you said. And what you said was, is that, you know, when COVID hit, people had a couple of days to decide what they were going to do next. Well, that's interesting because I listen. I know I talk a lot, but I listen as well. I know that I'm talking to the right kind of people when I'm talking to you because that's what we do. As entrepreneurs, we look at that, that adversity, right, that crisis, that chaos. We step back. We don't step back for months on end. I'm waiting to see what happens next. <laughs> that's not what we do. Right. We don't do that. We take 24, 48 hours. That's a nugget right there. Right. Cry a little, lick the wounds. Pull me, pull me. Right. We do that for a little bit. And then, you know, one of our mentors or, you know, our accountability partners slaps us upside the head and says, "Okay, it's time to build. Now is the time to build, not to hide in a bunker. Right. Not to not to. Opportunity goes in one or two directions, fellas. It goes towards mm. us or away from us. And that all depends on, right? That all depends on the decision we make in the moment. 
So I'm a firefighter, brother. I'm a blue collar guy in a white collar world. And I go all out and I'm like, okay, what are we going to build? And because I wasn't in control of that 50 million, because it was a line of credit with somebody else's money, that for me was the aha moment. And I looked at it and I said, okay, he or she who controls the capital in the next year will win the race. He or she who controls the capital will win the race. So how can I still play in my sandbox at the highest level possible and control the capital? And I went to my very dear friend, uh, Walter Novicki. Um, he's been in real estate since 86, uh, raised over $110 million in private equity in the Gulf Coast region of Florida in the past 25 years, uh, built brand new apartment complexes, repositioned apartment complexes, and we, we, were, we were just having a call. And he's like, you know, what, what, what's next, man? I said, what do you see, Walter? I said, you, you've been through, you know, two corrections. I've been through one correction. There's got to be one coming. What do you see? And he said, look, man, he said, COVID's going to create massive opportunities in the commercial arena. He said, we can do syndicated deals together. They wanted to, you know, 40 to 150 unit complexes. He said, or what we can do is we'll, we'll go absolutely contrarian. He said, well, everybody else is contracting. He said, we're, we're going to expand. I said, I like, the way, I like your talk. Well, we, fill me in, man. Tell me more. And um, he said, look, man, he said, why don't, we, why don't we look at a private equity fund? Let's go get a Securities and Exchange Commission 506C Reg D fund. He said, and what we'll do is, is we'll raise $100 million. He said, and with my reputation in, in the marketplace, he said, I'm going to get first look at the majority of the good deals. He said, and then we can cherry pick, pick or choose. So that's what we did, man. I mean, I invested another like 250000 quarter of a million dollars in the infrastructure for the business I'm in today. Uh, we put our fund structure together, our syndicated structures together. Um, I started making as much noise in the marketplace as I possibly could to attract the right accredited investors. And that's what we did, man. We went, <laughs> we went on the offensive. And, um, you know, it's been interesting because... You know, it's a $100 million private equity raise buying large apartment complexes in the Gulf Coast region of Florida, uh, targeting investors who are accredited, um, paying them double-digit targeted returns, uh, aggressive returns, 10 to 14% quarterly distributions is what we target. But it's, um, it's so interesting because I have found myself now in the world of finance, like I'm not, I'm not touching the sticks and bricks anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not sniffing the, sniffing the, uh, the asbestos <laughs> and the, you know, the lead paint mm -hmm. and all the, right. The, the fecal treacle and all the, all of the joys of, of, of real estate down and dirty, you know, my, my game's elevated up. I mean, I was on a call, um, last week, uh, with some, uh, international investors and he said, we love your business model. Um, we'd be very interested in starting with a, you know, a 10 to $15 million check writing um, structure with you guys. You know, how quick can you put that money to work and how quick can we start seeing returns? Imagine that, right? Imagine having somebody say to you, okay, I'm going to write you a check for 15 million. How quickly can you spend it? <laughs> and it's like, you know, how do you, how do you get from, you know, $5,000 on a rainy night in Georgia, right? $5,000 to, you know, less than 15 years later, being in a position to, um, you know, help somebody put 15 million to work in a, in a you know, this was a, um, an institutional investor. They, they represent uh, 
a teacher's fund overseas. But, uh, you know, it's, I can't, I can't ever look at a landscape and let fear be the dominant, um, the dominant emotion because fear is a thief. It just steals. It steals dreams. It steals opportunity. Uh, it steals finance. And, um, you know, I've been on a, <clears throat> been on a mission. I mean, COVID has created a mission. Like I, I don't feed into the COVID, you know, process, you know, call me evil, call me whatever, you know, my millennial son, my, my now 26 year old, that eight year old boy back in the days now 26, you know, he's uh, he's the ultimate, you know, um, <laughs> liberal millennial, you know, and it's, it's so interesting. We love each other dearly, but man, we can, we can fight over herd mentality and stupidity and, and dad's contrarian views on, you know, COVID and opportunities, et cetera. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good life, man. It's a good life. And here's, here's the rub-a-dub-dub of the true magic of it all is the fact of, you know, what we do today as real estate investors is a service to people who can't do what we do. They don't have the time because they're stuck in the J-O-Bs, you know? So um, that's, how I, that's how I looked at the COVID landscape. And, you know, that 100 million, we're about 50, 60% of where we want to be. We just bought on some um, some conduit partners to, to more institutional capital and beginning to uh, build the infrastructure for our second farm, which will be a half a billion dollars. So it's like, you know, God is good, man. God is good. Just a little faith, lean into it, step up, you know, know that uh, know that there's going to be some challenges along the way, man. But just just keep going, keep moving forward with it. So I get a little preachy at times, man, but I, I feel the. I'm I'm just energy. I'm just learning over here. Caleb, you still good over there? Uh, you got to get a sermon in <laughs> once a week, right? Yeah, right, right. Taking notes, <laughs> taking copious <laughs> notes. <laughs> write this one down. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Right, you might want to write this one down. This could be a good note-taking opportunity. Okay, I'm listening. Tell me, scribble notes. You know, it's funny, man. My wife and I go to all those seminars together. She would take notes like crazy. Like my wife is a spectacular note taker. And guess who's not? <laughs> Me. Like I write three words on one piece of paper and I like turn the page to, to the next page. You know, it's like I was never good at taking notes, but I was good at implementing what I learned. So six of one, half a dozen of the other, you know. Man, that's great. That's great. Dave, what what uh what what still motivates you? What what like gets you up, get fired up? Like what what yeah. motivates you? Look, man, I um I don't ever forget where I came from, right? And I get up every day looking for that accredited investor who believes that their four hundred one k program is not going to get them to the finish line. Um, you know, I, I, I am, I am almost on a, on a mission. I think, I think it's a spiritual mission. I, I really do guys, you know, to be able to, you know, share with people just a little bit of a different view. It's like I said before, not everybody's going to be converted. Some people are just, just too scared to step outside of, you know, what they've been doing and what their father told them and what their father's father told them. You know what I mean? Like that generational stuff. But I get excited when a classic example, I got a, a, a LinkedIn connection today from, from an investment group in Israel. 
And the guy, you know, reaches out to me and he says, you know, our investment group likes to invest in X, Y, Z. You know, I listened to you on a podcast is what he said. And uh, I followed your website. I've looked at some of the deal flow that you guys are underwriting. I'm really interested in, um, you know, uh, setting up a, a call with you and, and seeing if we can find some some collaboration to create some win-win situations. S- something like that, man, just gets me gets me going. Like I influenced an investment group on the other side of the world that reached out to my message, my team's message, our marketing materials, our infrastructure, our business model, our modality, our, our, our business acumen. Uh, you know, our core values. And they said, we want to talk to these guys. And I tell you what, fellas, I'm going to close that deal. I'm going to close that deal. And I get excited about closing those deals because I know that what I have is valuable. They got the money. That's only 50% of any successful equation, man. If you've got nowhere to park the money with a high rate of return, then your money ain't that special because it ain't going to grow. It's going to sit there in a T-bond yield at negative one. You know what I'm saying? So that's what gets me up. It gets me excited to, you know, I got a a doctor, plastic surgeon, and I tell him every day, you're a highly paid technician. I say, I don't care how how much money you got. If you don't go to work, you ain't getting paid. He's like, I know, I know. Teach me more, Dave. Teach me more. You know, this this (laughs) is a freaking doctor, man. He's the smartest of smarts. I'm just a kid from from the East end of London who grew up in the South of England and was a firefighter and a construction worker. Right. But you know, I, that's what gets me excited. Like I'm in a place in my life that I'm 54 years old and other people's opinions of me are none of my business. So I'm free, man. I am absolutely free to just get out there every single day and, and make some noise and, and, and share some positivity and some process and share my, my people, right, my team. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed. And as a result of that, I get to spend time with my little guys, my 9-year-old, my 11-year-old. And it's like I said before, I'm lucky that when the door opens, my, my wife's happy to see me, you know. Not the same way we you coop every day, but you know what I mean? I, I can help, <laughs> but I can get you there. <laughs> Trust me, we'll, we'll be, we'll be Dave, having I conversations tell, offline I can... for sure. So don't even I yeah. can tell you're super helpful, Dave. I, I yeah. can tell. Yeah, I got my whole marriage guidance counseling thing. That's just another course altogether. I've been married three times. It took me three tries to get it right. So I got mad <laughs> skills, brother. Mad skills. I can share. I can share. Love I can show it. you what's Love up. <laughs> Dave, you got a great story, man. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I got one more question for you. Um, yeah, bro. What would you attribute, you know, the one move, you know, the one move or one decision or one person or one relationship? You know, what happened that kind of took you from, hey, I'm crushing this to to the yeah. point where you're at now where like, yeah, I'm talking to people in Israel, you know, trying to help yeah. them make yeah. make more money on their money. Yeah, that's, look, brother, that's such a good question. Um, you know, there's a there's a probably four four people that I would say were absolutely um, pivotal in in my journey. The first one is my wife. Right. If she didn't tell me that day, you know, go get him, killer. She said, I'm proud of you. I love you. I support you. If she hadn't have said that to me that day, she was the first person to ever give me permission to be wealthy and independent and be free. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely my wife was 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 a, a foundation, the rock that I get to stand on, I say, so I can look cool. You know what I mean? Um, you know, she 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 gave me that that the, the ability to go out and, and just just crush it every day. 
Um, Jack Canfield, and when I started learning the personal development secrets, you know, the secrets of success, chicken soup for the soul is what he was famous for. But I actually got to hang out with him for a day at his house. And um, just just to have the, the academic, you know, feed into me and then me implement some of those things that I learned along the way, um, definitely a, a big part of my journey. Um, and then there was a guy, he was a, he was a guru, um, and, uh, you know, he fell on pretty hard times in the past few years, but he was a firefighter in Los Angeles and he was out on the, on the road selling, um, selling, uh, like websites for investors. This was probably 10 years ago when if you didn't have a website, you know, you weren't cool right. and you could buy those <laughs> cookie cutter websites and pay way too much money for them. But anyway, long story short, he was, he was, uh, he was an influential guy in my journey because what he did for me was, was. He opened the door to the other side of real estate, to the education space. Um, I told him that his comedy sucked after I saw him on stage <laughs> one time. And uh, he's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm Babe, man. I'm a firefighter. You're a firefighter. You know, we should, we should help each other out. And he's like, yeah. He said, why should I listen to you? I said, look, man, I did some stuff back in London. I did a couple of gigs in some pubs, a little stand-up comedy. I, I kind of got some skills. Guy looks at me, bro, and he says, you're my new comedy coach. I'm going to fly you down to Orlando next week. He says, I got a three-day event. He said, I'll pay you 1500 bucks for your uh, for your input and your coaching, and I'll cover all your expenses. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this guy, stop it. And I said to Mary Beth, my wife, I said, this guy's either screwing with me or he's offering me an opportunity. And um, he did that. And, and think about it again, right? 200 bucks for an overtime. This cat's giving me 1500 bucks to fly down to Florida and just hang out and critique his, his deliverables and help him out a little bit with his comedy. And, um, you know, that guy opened the door for me because then I was on the other side. You know, on the other side of there, I got to meet guys like Gary V, uh, 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 Russell Brunson, um, Ryan Dice, all the real heavy hitters that were you know, around back then in the info marketing space and the real estate education space. And those were the guys that, that put me in touch with the uh, production company in New York when we did the TV show. So, you know, there's been a bunch of different people along the way that, um, that have been, you know, they, they, they've, they've touched me, you know, they've touched me in a way that I, I, you know, if they were sitting in a room right now, I'd, you know, I'd hug it out. I'd tell them, thank you for, you know, having faith in me. And I hope I've, I hope I've given it back tenfold, right? So, you know, you got to pass this on. You can't hold on to this. You got to got to pass it along and let it go and let it grow. You know, man, this this was great. This was great, Dave. Um, where where can our followers <laughs> uh, like link up with you? Look at the things you're doing. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah. You can um, you can find um, like our front door. Our website is Freedom Venture dot com freedom venture dot com um, i'm old school you can pick up the phone my team will answer the phone 781-922-4418 um but go to the website punch in your digits there get get you know get in contact with us um we're going to be launching a uh, commercial real estate uh, training class for accredited investors uh in mm. the next quarter i'm just uh, meeting up with some team members the next few weeks to start uh, fleshing that out. So I'm excited to uh, get back into the education arena a little bit on a much smaller scale, all online deliverables. 
but uh, just good solid uh, content that can be, uh, you know, that can be applied rather than just theory. It's about application and, you know, doing real deals. So, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Just Google my name, Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. Sure, you can Google find me out there somewhere. Google that. that. He, Google he's that. the first Man, person. You, Google me. <laughs> I think he's the first person that said Google me. <laughs> Google, Google me, me love baby. It. Google me. G- GTS. Love Google that stuff, man. Google Love it. Stuff. Dave, uh, really, really appreciate your yeah, time, brother. man. I know you're a busy dude. Um, thanks again. Uh, and I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching, dude. It's it's uh, fun watching some of your stuff on Instagram and Twitter. So, <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, brother. I'm hanging. I'm hanging. I'm learning. I'm learning. We're in the middle of trying to get a new intern in to take over some of that social media stuff. That's a ripoff if you don't know what you're doing in that world, man. People take your money and <laughs> smile at you while they're, while they're taking your money. So we're going to bring that in-house. That's what, that's what we're going to do with that. I appreciate you having me on, guys. I appreciate your time as well. Reach out to me. you got my digits. If there's anything I can do for you, just ask. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Dave. Yep, bye. All right, guys. God bless. Good night. Bye. Got no words, bro. Typical. Another great episode. Big Dave Seymour, man. Superstar. Man, Have you I, watched Flipping Boston? One or two episodes. I love HGTV. I've actually never watched that episode. That's an A&E show, I guess. But yeah, um, I've never... I've never seen that show, but I need to now. Guy's a hoot. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, he's he's a great guy. Uh, I I've been in a room with this guy for three days. Um, man, we didn't like like the depths of his knowledge. We didn't even like really scratch the surface. Huh? No, we really didn't. I could tell that there was a lot more. There there was there was so much more. We didn't get to, into his podcast the TV show, like some of his mega deals. Like, I'm... What do you got, bro? We, we could go on. What do you got? <laughs> it seems like we talked a lot about the mindset shift from employee to entrepreneur. And, yep. you know, that's not for everyone, but if it is for you, um, he did talk quite... He did leave quite a few nuggets about how your mindset should shift and what you need to do along the way, um, what your thought process should be as an entrepreneur. And I thought it was phenomenal advice and, and a great, you know, storyteller to be telling it as well. Yeah. Um, kind of a, you know, not kind of, but the theme um, is just taking action, you know, and, you know, how many times have we talked about that? You know, he said it again, you know, you can get all the education, you can get the knowledge, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you need to do something. Um, and I just loved his, his opportunity. I circled that. It's either moving away or towards you. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, when COVID hit, entrepreneurs you know like-minded people maybe two two three days to to uh 
I'm sorry. Bray, what are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> um, entrepreneurs have two to three days to lick their wounds, and then it was bam, up, up and running. And you can yeah, see that was his a pivotal p- part. That was a pivotal part of the episode. Yeah, you, you, he started a a whole new business during COVID. One ended, another one started. And it's it, like our favorite saying by The Rock, you know, never waste yep. a crisis. Never, never, uh, yeah, never, never waste a crisis. Um, but yeah, man, this, whew, this is definitely going to be a replay for a while for me, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, it, I, I, need to, I need to reprocess it just because he had so many good little one-liners that are just, you know, solid for your, for your mantra. Yeah, I mean, network is your net, or your net worth is your network. Um, I I loved how he talked about loving debt. <laughs> it's you you know from your life you know Robert Kiyosaki said savers are the new losers, right? Like and that goes against everything you've ever been taught. You everything, know? every you know things like that were huge. Um, he said that, but like it's crazy because, I mean he's 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 a big player in, in the real estate space, but like he even talks about, um, you know what he does it for. He doesn't do it for all the flashy stuff. Right. And it's just, you know, always good and refreshing to hear guys on that level, you know, doing what they do and, and hearing them say that, Hey, it's not about all the flash for me. You know, I want to help people. Um, I want to spend time with my family. Um, you know, n- not never forgetting where I came from, you know, like 120 hours a week. That's crazy. He was grinding. Yeah. It didn't take long for him to realize, like, I need to do this smarter. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, that, we got to have him back on. We got to have him back on because we like he's got knowledge upon knowledge. <laughs> oh man anyways another great episode Coop another great episode man Pre- I appreciate you like always um please make sure to subscribe to the podcast rate leave a review um follow if us you want to be podcast. if you want to be a guest hit us up yeah please please oh that was good that was good Caleb please hit us up um can message me, Caleb or Caleb or I. Sorry, um, <laughs> uh, we just want to hear your story. You know, if, if you got a great story to tell about your journey, you know, into creating your business, or if you're currently on a journey uh, creating a business, we'll love to hear it, um, and we would just love to be a part of it, um, no matter how small that part is. So yeah, See all right, next dude. Week, Coop. No, that's my line, bro. Oh, my bad. See you next week.